Want a fresh take on what's going on with the Saints, LSU, the betting world, and the NFL? Then you've picked the right place. Jim Derry has plenty of datitude, and he's ready to tell you the way it is. Well, the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends around the country who went to bed way too early last night. You missed one hell of a second half, boys and girls. The New Orleans Pelicans shocked the NBA world. That is correct. Hello and welcome to a special Datitude episode number 66. For a Wednesday, April the 20th, 2022, 420. How many of you know what that means? I, I, I'm an old folk. I didn't really know what that means all too much until, I guess, a couple of years ago. But whatever. If you don't know what it means, go, look, go Google it. All the kids are doing it these days. I'm Jim Derry, sports betting writer at bet.nola.com. The advocate... And the Times Picayune. And I mean, you gotta say, even though I bet on the money line last night, pat myself on the back, I'm still surprised. I, I and maybe not so much surprised at just the fact that they won. The New Orleans Pelicans a one twenty five to one fourteen winner in Phoenix last night at the Footprint Center. But it was how they won. I mean, they got down in the first half, I think, by eight at one point, And Devin Booker was hitting them from Tempe. The dude couldn't miss. And, yeah, he hurt his hamstring, but he didn't hurt his hamstring until well into the third quarter, and he hadn't scored yet in the third quarter. So whatever adjustments they had made on him were working. And I have said over and over and over and over again, the job that Willie Green has done is just not being recognized enough by people in this league. It is absolutely, without question, one of the better coaching jobs I have ever seen in this league. To take a team that was 1-12 and 3-16 and, and, and turn them into... To, in my opinion, one of the top five or six teams in the NBA. That is not an exaggeration. That is where this team is right now. They are one of the top five or six teams in the NBA. And you can call it whatever you want, hyperbole, whatever. You go into Phoenix and you beat a team that's playing like that in the first half and the team that played like that on Sunday night, and you beat them. And you take every punch they have and you just keep coming back and coming back and coming back. And if you're a Phoenix Suns fan, you're like, this team is a pain in the ass. Because they got young kids on this team that just don't care. And it is so fun to watch, so refreshing to think where this team might be in a year or two. Yeah, things change. We might be sitting here next year and Things have changed. I mean, it happens in the NBA all the time, but I don't think so. And we wonder what this team will be with Zion. Who knows? Maybe it won't be as good. I know that's weird to say, and people are throwing their phones or whatever. 
But the chemistry that this team has right now, which is why don't, – don't kid yourselves. Zion could play right now if he wanted to. If they wanted Zion to play and they thought they needed – they thought the only way they could win this series or maybe advance and go a little bit further was to play on Zion – play Zion Williamson. They'd play him. But they don't want to mess with what they have. And who could blame them? The chemistry this team has put together – with this group, and I'll tell you, I'm going to talk about a little bit about it. Zach Ewing, sports betting director at bet.nola.com, is going to come on and chat with me about the Pelicans. We're going to also, you know, this show is supposed to be, I was doing a special Wednesday show because I wanted to preview the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. But this has really turned into more of a Pelicans show. And uh, speaking of Zurich Classic, we're supposed to have Uncle Big Nick on this morning, but he had some other things going on with his family. He couldn't make it. Um, so it's just Zach and I this morning. But it's turned into a Pelican show because, frankly, they deserve it, and that's what people are talking about. That is the buzz. I was at the play-in game last week. I told you this with my son, um, a little early wedding present. Got married last weekend, and uh, we had a blast. And that place was rocking, and I can't imagine what it's going to be like there Friday night for game three. And if the Pelicans win game three and take a two-to-one series lead, look out. They now have home court advantage. They win their three home games against the Suns, they're moving on. Is it going to happen? Probably not. But you can't say now they were plus 1,500 to win the series before the game yesterday. Now I think it's plus 260. That's how much the odds have dropped. Zach told me that I haven't, and I haven't seen the line because they didn't put it up last night, and I didn't see it early this morning either. That's basically a pick 'em game with the Suns for Game Three. We don't know the status of Devin Booker, but they got to think that he's not going to play. And if he doesn't play, the Pelicans have an excellent chance to win Game Three. If he doesn't play the rest of the series, I think this series is pick 'em. Brandon Ingram was a monster last night. C.J. McCollum played, I thought, a subpar game by his standards. I mean, you look at his line, and he, he was fine, but he turned the ball way, over, way too many times last night. And the Pelicans as a team turned it over, I think, 17 or 18 times and still won by 11. At no point in the last half of the fourth quarter did I think the Pelicans were going to lose. Now, in the back of your mind, if you've been a fan of New Orleans sports teams long enough, you're wondering how are they going to lose this game. But in the, in the, if you're watching this objectively, you probably thought, you know what? The Pels are going to win this damn thing. And they certainly didn't lack of any confidence at any point last night. They played poorly Sunday because they didn't have any rest. We talked about this. They had just come going through two emotional and physically draining play-in games to get themselves in this position. It was no surprise to see them shoot 22% in the first half Sunday night. And then once they got their footing, they played fairly well. They cut a huge deficit, 20-some-odd points, to six. And they ran out of juice. Last night was different. They were on equal footing last night. And they played like it. They never backed down, and this team doesn't back down. 
And it's why if you see any big spreads against the Pels in the near future, take them. Take the points. I don't see them getting blown out. Now, they might lose by 20 this next game because I said that, but I don't see it. And it is just fun to watch a team play with heart. Now, I don't think they have the talent that Phoenix has. I don't think they're there yet, even without Devin Booker. But they're not that far off. And you talk about the rookies on this team, and Reggie Miller talked about it on TNT, and he talked about it in the Clippers game as well. Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado, Trey Murphy, all playing with heart. I mean, in in essence, Jackson Hayes is a rookie. I mean, he's playing a new position, and he's adjusting on the fly. In the acquisitions they made, and Larry Nance playing out of his mind right now. Brandon Ingram going through all the things that he went through with his team and three different coaches and basically a whole different team than when he got here. It's amazing, and it's fun, and it's refreshing. And I can't wait to see what this team has over the course of the next, who knows, maybe a week, couple weeks, a month, who knows? I'll tell you right now, my $7.10 bet at 300 to 1, I'm liking it more and more. Are they going to win the NBA championship? Come on. What are the chances? They're better than 300 to 1 now. They win this series, what's it going to go down to? 70 to 1? Is there any team in the NBA where they go up against them? If they beat the Suns, with or without Devin Booker, if they beat the Suns, is there any team in the NBA you say, they just can't beat them? I don't think so. But you take them, the old cliche of one game at a time and one series at a time and all that blah, 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 sure. But you can't help thinking ahead. And I will say this. Like I said on Monday on our Live by You Bet show, let's don't overreact after one loss on Sunday. Let's don't overreact over one win. But it's, it's, it's way more fun to overreact after a win. Because no matter what this team does the rest of the way, the future is bright. I don't care what ha- I don't care if they lose the next three. They proved last night that this team's future is bright, and people are taking notice across the NBA world. So that's why I say they shocked the NBA world because that's exactly what they did. Now again, we're going to talk. More about the Pelicans. We're going to kind of start off with, with odds and how the odds change if, if you're into the betting sort of thing. If, you, if you're not into the betting thing at all and you just want to hear about the team itself, um, I mean, we get into all that, but we, we, we spend the first seven, eight, nine minutes talking about odds and how they change, and then we get into the game itself. We also talk about Zurich Classic of New Orleans, and really, golf has been my most fun sport to to bet on it, it, it's it's just a, it's a blast and it's four days of just kind of watching what's going on the ups and downs and the highs and lows and 
learning how to bet things and what's important. It's a little weird this week because of the format. And if you're not if you're not fully aware on how the format works with this tournament, they changed it a few years ago to to make it so golfers would want to come here. And it's worked because this is the best field that maybe I've ever seen come to New Orleans. Um, and if you're not familiar with it, it's uh, there are 80 teams of two that will be playing this weekend in New Orleans. The first day of the tournament, it is a best ball format. It's where, I mean, if you care at all, you know what best ball means. You each hit a shot. Each member of the team hits a shot, and then you... Then the team picks which ball they're going to hit, and then they hit the next shot, and they each get a chance, and they get on the green, and they each putt it. And then the second day is an alternate shot format, and it's just what it sounds like. Someone drives, the the other golfer hits the second shot, and so on. And then so day three goes back to if you make the cut, the top 33 teams and ties make the cut and move on to Saturday. Then it goes back to best ball on Saturday, alternate shot on Sunday and we come up with a winner last year was Cameron Smith and Mark Leishman and they're 10 to 1 to win it again this year the favorites are uh, I believe um, Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay are 850 to 1 along with Victor Hovland and um, I knew I should have called this up on my screen (laughs) when you do this live. Victor Hovland and um, oh, Colin Morikawa, I believe. Also 850, so eight and a half to one. So, it, it, you know, it's different, but it's going to be fun. But it's not, it's not a regular week. I don't, I'm not going to bet this week the same way that I normally bet a golf tournament. But if you just like golf, it's fun to watch. It's different. And if you got a chance to go out there to TPC Louisiana and Avondale, make your way out. It's, it's a great event. Uh, I'm going to be wrapped up this weekend. I will not be able to go, but it's still going to be a fun event anyway. All right, let's move on to Zach and talk about, like we said, uh, leading in with the Pels and kind of how the betting strategy on the Pels has changed. If you bet the money line last night, you had a nice night. If you bet the other two favorites with it, like I did, and parlay those two, you had a really nice night. If you bet the over on Brandon Ingram with all that, you had an excellent night. All kinds of things to be drawn from last night. And this Pelicans team, we get in all that. Let's do it now. Welcoming you into a special Datitude podcast on a Wednesday morning. Zach Ewing, bet.nola.com betting director. And um, we had some fun betting last night on the New Orleans Pelicans. Surprise, surprise. Some of us didn't have the uh, chutzpah, I guess, to uh, to to bet the uh, the money line. Some of us did, and uh, it is what it is. How are you doing this morning, Zach? I'm I'm doing great. I'm not doing as good as the Pelicans, but I'm doing good, Jim. Um, here's my problem with betting. Even when I nail a game, like I knew, I knew the Pelicans were going to cover last night. I didn't know they were going to win. But like I, I just everything I looked at that game between Scott Foster being the referee and the way they played in game one and the Suns kind of, you know, you, you kind of get the feeling they were lulled to sleep by how easy game one started. And you're like, OK, the Pelicans are going to cover this game. I had a free bet that I used on them. I put 
double my normal bet on them, you know, basically my max bet also on them. I knew, I knew it. And so I'm sitting back watching this game and it's a good feeling as you know, as a better to watch a game that's playing out exactly as you thought it would uh, other than Devin Booker in the last five minutes, of the first half going yeah. crazy. But once, once that stopped and, and honestly it stopped long before he left the game. I mean, he, he hadn't scored a point in eight minutes in the third quarter. Like, then I just don't have the conviction to go through with it. This is my problem. Like the fourth quarter starts and I'm going, oh man, I should hedge. The Suns are going to come back. The Pelicans always blow these leads. And so I hedged about a quarter of my winnings back on the Suns money line and lost them. I and I still won money. But then at the end, you're sort of like, why did I do that? You know, I, I knew better than that. I didn't even hedge last night. I, I got to be honest. I have been better about. When I make when I get in my run of making stupid bets like off the cuff, and when I say stupid bets for me, it's just okay. I got a feeling off the cuff. I'm doing something else, but wait, I want to bet on this. Bam, which is what I did uh, with my son getting married this weekend. Thursday, I did it Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Just off the cuff. Oh wait, I got to bet on this. And then I got most of it back last night by sitting down last night uh, yesterday. Actually, yesterday afternoon. Going through, looking at things, rationalizing, looking at uh, where the public was betting, fading them, along with simulations and numbers, and I had a great day. So it just goes to show. And I and I, when I went through, I thought about hedging. I had a parlay on on the Heat and and the Grizzlies, and I thought about trying to find a way to hedge. And there really was no smart way to hedge. Now. It, it made it easier once the Heat won and the Grizzlies were up by 20, so you don't have to hedge. But towards the end of the Heat game, when it was close, getting close, the Hawks got within three at one point. I'm thinking, how do I hedge? And looking at that line, there was no smart way to hedge. And so, I mean, that, that's one thing betters have to realize, I think. And we're going to get into the Pelicans in a minute and the, and the craziness. But sometimes there's just – you don't just do it to do it. And I think you and I, even though we do this for a living – and we think what we know we we're doing sometimes, sometimes they're really the smart play is just to leave it alone. And I, I think that we're, we're even guilty of doing stuff. That's not smart. Oh yeah. I, I mean, we're human, right? Like we, we're going to make these, the same silly mistakes, even when you sit there and think, but the pros don't I mean, do that think, though. Pros don't do that. Yeah, I, I mean, not true. that I mean, we're, I'm not saying team. we're pros, but there are systems and I'm going to follow my system and my system is proven to work. And I'm, I'm not talking about me. I'm saying these are, this yeah. is what some, what, what good betters do. And my system is proven to work. And so even if that means it doesn't work for a week or two and I lose money, I'm staying with it because I know over the long haul it's going right. to work. Um, and, and the other thing they do is they constantly tweak those systems. So if, if it doesn't work for a week or two, they're going to go into the data, find out, okay, is this just noise? Is this randomness and I'm fine? Or is there something I need to tweak about my data because the, flight of the baseballs has changed or the way that the NBA is being refereed has changed, or, you know, is there some variable I need to tweak and they're, they stick with their system, they win money. Um, and that's what, if you're an emotional better, like you and I try not to be, but sometimes, but sometimes are, I think, we are, that's right. That, that's what's really difficult to fight is, Hey, I knew the Pelicans were going to cover that game. Now, maybe Devin Booker, if he stayed healthy, scores 60 points and they don't, but that's what it was going to take. Like I was, I was, as confident as I've been on a game in a long time that the Pels were going to cover. And then it just didn't, you know, it, it just, 
didn't stay that confident in my mind going into the fourth quarter. You start to, you're watching the game and I, I wouldn't describe myself as a Pelicans fan necessarily. I'm not from New Orleans, but I was rooting for them. I, I want to see the local team do well. It's, it's good for us. It makes people happy. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm good with it. And uh, you start hoping and start thinking, man, they could actually win this game. Oh, but what if they don't? And then you do the emotional hedge, right? Where you're like, well, I'm, I'm going to bet it the other way because I'll be devastated if I lose this bet somehow. Right. And there, there is a financial time. reason. Yeah. There's a financial reason to do it too, because if then if the Suns win by less than 10, I win both bets. I win the money line and I win my original bet. So it, it makes sense on a certain level, but also at some point you just have to trust, um, you know, tr- trust what your what your handicap was. Well, I felt good about the Pels going in last night, and I, I did bet them on the money line only because I thought the number was a great value at plus four hundred. I, I just thought that there was a way better than four and one chance that they were going to win the game. I really did. I, we talked about it on Monday on at the book. I said that uh, you know people were overreacting to them being super tired emotionally and physically drained from the two play-in games and the fact that they looked so much better in the second half and finally got their feet under them showed to me that they can that they had the confidence to play with these guys this team doesn't lack for confidence at all and so i thought that even if they got behind a little bit and they got punched in the mouth by devin booker in 31 points and a half and they didn't flinch i mean that little run at the end of the of the first half I think showed us that they were going to compete and they're going to compete with the, now they may not win another game, which is okay. I think they'll win another game. I think they actually have a chance to somehow miraculously pull out the, pull out the series. I don't think it's going to happen, but they have well, a chance. Did, did you see, did you see what the new series price is? It just I did not actually. I looked at what it, it is. Yeah. I actually looked earlier this morning and it wasn't up, but it is now sun's minus two eighty, Pell's plus two thirty. You're kidding for the series. I mean, that's legitimate. No, game three's a pick. Like, okay, that well, they're, they're begging you to bet on the Suns now. I, I mean, which is a good sign for the Pelicans. Absolutely, I, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's an incredible sign for the Pelicans. I mean, you can't to say that the, the game three is a pick them because it's at home. First of all, the Suns are the best road team in, in the NBA. They're not only the best road team in the NBA, they have a better road record in the NBA than any other NBA team has at home, which is insane. So, but we don't know how long Devin Booker is going to be out. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, and if you think of, if Devin Booker is out, let, let's just say, because this series price to me says he's out for the series. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't think if, if they think there's any chance Booker's back, like this is not a Luca situation. Luca's coming back. And that's why, you know, we talked about it on uh, Bayou Bets the other day. We both bet the Mavs at plus 550 in the live series price. All they needed to do was win one game without Luca and get him back. Well, step one of that's done. They won game two. Now they got to get him back, steal a game in Utah, and then they're fine. Um, but if, if the Suns don't get Booker back, like if game three is a pick, game four is a pick, okay, well, mathematically, that means it, they're going to split those games, right? You, you assume we're 2-2 going back to Phoenix. Game six is going to be in New Orleans. That's a pick. If the Pels could steal one more game in Phoenix, I mean, that, that's why they're plus 230 because it's not all that likely. But, like, this is this was minus 4,000 yesterday. I'm really ticked off that I didn't take the plus 1,500 when it was plus 1,500. 
Um, when we talked about it, Monday. I just hate that much juice. I, I, I forgot. I, I forgot all about it. I, I just, I got wrapped up in, in other stuff yesterday and I mean, oh, I'll put it off Tuesday. I'm like, oh, I'll go do it tomorrow. And then I, like, I didn't forget to make my bets, but I did forget to go get, do the 1500, but it's hard to believe they were 15 to one to win this series. And it's one, one. And when you win a game at Phoenix and again, I don't care who's in it. They were only down five at halftime. With Booker scoring 31 in the first half, he wasn't going to do that again in the second half, even if he was healthy. Like you said, he played the first eight minutes of the, of the third quarter and didn't score. Um, I, I think this team has a legitimate chance, and I'll tell you what, I'm liking my $7.10 Betty more and more each day. Uh, I, I mean, the Pelicans are not consistent enough to win 16 playoff games against good competition. I, I still believe that. Um, 300 to 1. A couple... I put a couple dollars on them last night at 200 to one, and it's now 150 to one. Um, oh, right. And yeah, if they, if they beat the Suns, that's going to be what, maybe 80 to one, 60 to one, something in that I neighborhood. So, yeah, it's between 60 and 80 to one. Um, sure. So the, uh, you know, and then they'll have to, to play Dallas or Utah, and Dallas will have Luca back, and then they would have to play probably Golden State, Memphis. I mean, I mean, these are not good matchups for them. But, yeah, but this team um, doesn't care. They just don't no. care. They don't care, but that doesn't mean they're going to win. No, I agree. And look, the only team that really scares me in the West because of the matchups, and they've proven they don't match up well with them throughout the season, and I don't think they can stop them, is Memphis. Um, I I think even Dallas, they can find a way to beat uh, over the course of a seven-game series. Well, I mean, Luka's tough to stop for anybody. But Memphis just has so much across the board that kind of – I don't know. I just don't know that they can match that run and gun style of Memphis. And they don't play I mean, as they have lapses in defense at times in every game almost. And taking Memphis's best punch is different than taking other teams' best punch. They kind of match up with, with Phoenix without Booker. I mean, a lot of teams do, I guess, but I, I just think, I think they have a better chance to beat Phoenix than a seven-game series against Memphis, as weird as that sounds. Uh, I think you're overrating Memphis, but Maybe. I, it's it's not a good matchup. I mean, that's that's true. I just don't think Memphis will get there. Me- Memphis is not out of the woods by any means against Minnesota, first of all. And then they got to beat Golden State, um, although they would have home court in that series. But Gold- Golden, Golden State State's looks healthy. They, they may be, too, but I, I Memphis uh, – I don't know that they're ready for an NBA Finals run, but yeah, I didn't the, think Phoenix was last year either. So The point of all this, though, is we talked about it. This is another thing we talked about on Monday. Overreaction Monday. Everyone was overreacting to what they said. I think the easiest, some of the easiest games to bet the entire year are the first two games of a first-round series in the NBA playoffs. If you think about it. Now, not all the favorites went 2-0 at home, but I think you could pick out the ones that – had a really good chance to go 2-0 and at home. And all except maybe the Suns did. Um, it wasn't hard to think that that Memphis would, would drop a game, although I didn't expect them to. Um, but you look at some of these other series, and, and the ones that you thought would go 2-0, would go most of them did. And it, and it happens that way way more often than not. And to put a money line parlay together, as long as the odds aren't ridiculous, like last night, Heat and Memphis, you're talking about a minus 130 money line parlay instead of messing with the that spread 
to me, that seemed like a much easier bet. I bet my max on it, my personal max. It hit, but that's going to hit more often than not, then, I think. I love yeah, you can play. You can play that. You can play that game. Sorry, we had the garbage truck rolling by, so I muted <laughs> myself for a second. Um, I, you can play that game with okay, who's who's got the motivation here? Who's more desperate? And to that end, like I saw a stat, I think it was from Bet Labs this morning, that in the last fifteen years, seventeen, I think it's since two, okay, here it is, since two thousand five, teams down 0-2 in an NBA playoff series have gone 93 and 54 against the spread in the first half of game three. So, you, you know, te- like teams realize their seasons on the line, they come out like gangbusters. So the Raptors, for instance, are minus half a point in the first half tonight against the Sixers. I like they're the down 0-2. So, so at Raptors full game. I don't know, but first half, they're going to come out hard. Like they, they realize their seasons on the line. Eventually. I don't know that they can, uh, what is the line? Sixers minus one and a half. So yeah. if, you know, the full game, maybe the Sixers overcome, but that's that's interesting right then and there that the Raptors favored the first half, but the Sixers are favored for the full game because they see these trends, and it is a real thing. And if you sounds can play like, that emotion, you can profit. Sounds like a daily best bet. Sound, sounds like it might be, yeah. I mean, I, you got to send me that number again. 93 and 54, you said? 93, 54, and 3 that, that, against the spread in the first half. Yeah, That jumped out at me. That's 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 crazy. Um, all right, let's not talk about it as betters. Just overall, Pelicans last night. Um, you see, it's kind of fun for me because I am able to enjoy this kind of as a fan, and I don't get to enjoy many things as a fan anymore. Um, it, it, that's one thing I think I'm really starting to love about this job is even when I don't bet against something that, that matters to me, um, I get to enjoy it a little bit differently because you go so long and, you know, if you're there on press row, you can't enjoy it as a fan. Um, you just can't. Um, and to be able to take, took my son last Friday night uh, to the play in game or last week, whatever day that was Wednesday night, I guess. And then watching this team has so much heart. And, you know, I joke about the $7 and 10 cent bet I made on them at 300 to one. Do I realistically think they have a chance to win the title, probably not. I think if they played it 300 times some kind of way in simulation, they might win one. But just to see the future of this team, it was kind of all encapsulated last night, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, listen, this is the type of game that makes people fans. Both of my sons are Pelicans fans now. I mean, they like, and they didn't even get to stay up to watch the whole game, which is the unfortunate part of being a Western Conference team in the Central Time Zone. But um, you know, they, they watched the first half before we, we finally made them go to bed and they've been watching the play in games and like, it's a fun team. You've got a superstar, a yes. budding superstar in Brandon Ingram. Um, you have another potential superstar on the bench in Zion, who is like this great mystery at this point. We don't even know how he's going to add to this or subtract from this. Or I, I honestly think not, not to get off the topic, but like the Zion thing, I think they're as afraid right now that he will disrupt chemistry as they are of him re-injuring himself. Yeah, zero like, doubt that's true. I, I, they just don't know. Now, to me, you're playing the team with the best record in the NBA. Maybe it's time to throw caution to the wind and see see what happens. And if it all implodes, well, you were probably going to lose it anyway. But maybe I was wrong because they won without him last night in Phoenix. So um, no way. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, it's a type of game where you watch it and you go, "This is a fun team. They're a young team." 
the core is going to be around at least three, four more years. You know, they'll lose a player here or there, uh, but they like, it's not like they have any impending free agent problems next year. They're getting everybody back. They're going to add Zion. They're going to add a top 10 draft pick, maybe, maybe even a top four draft pick. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it, it was fun to watch. It was a great game too. Was, what, what, what do they say? 27 lead changes. I mean, like, I think it was more than, I think it ended up being like 30 towards the end or right, right below 30. Right? So, which is 27. It, it's, it was, yeah, it was it's, it's, it's a kind of game. It's the kind of game that makes you not just a, a, a Pelican fan, but an NBA fan. I mean, it's just one of these great games. I thought it was well officiated. Like we had all this talk about, uh, uh, about, um, Scott, what's Foster. his name now? Scott, Scott Foster. Foster. And, and how Chris Paul has never won a game refereed by Scott Foster in the playoffs. still has Not in a while. 13. Uh, he he won two, two like real early in his career, but he's lost 14 in a row. And then the one game that his team won that Scott Foster refereed, he wasn't playing because he was hurt. So it's like, it's amazing. But I didn't think the refereeing had 1% to do with that game yesterday. I thought it was well officiated. I, I didn't think there was very much controversial. I, I mean, and I don't, I didn't see any Phoenix fans on Twitter belly aching about the referee. I mean, as far as NBA games go, that was as clean of an NBA game as you'll find. And yeah, it was, it was, I mean, no one was really in foul trouble and the Pels were, had put the Suns in the bonus with five minutes left in the game. So if anything, I mean, they can't, they were calling it both ways. I think they were a little ticky tack. I thought in the second half on both teams, but it was, it was fair. I mean, I don't think it was one way or the other, but yeah, even Booker, like, you know, if you're rooting for the Pelicans, Booker's driving you crazy. But the guy, not only was it 31 points in the first half, he had, I think, 16 at the five-minute mark of the second quarter, which is a good half. But, I mean, Ingram right. had 11 oh. at that point. McCollum had 13 or whatever. Like, 16's not crazy. He scored 15 points in five minutes. When he makes the shot from, like, 32 feet before the end of the first half and it's nothing but net, you're like, okay, you, you throw your hands up and you're like, Jesus Christ, this, this dude is just insane. I mean, so there's really nothing one, you can do. He hit one falling down, like literally yeah. parallel with the floor from the corner. And then in the second half, Suns fans were probably thinking the same thing about Ingram, right? I mean, he had some really tough shots where he lets it go and you go, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, you're Brandon Ingram. Go ahead. You know what the best part of it to me is? I thought, and I know his score sheet and his score line doesn't show, but I thought C.J. McCollum played one of his worst games as a Pelican last night. He, he was throwing the ball away. Um, he didn't seem to know whether he wanted to shoot or not shoot. And, um, he just kind of looked lost a little bit last night. Now, again, his score sheet's not going to show that, but the fact that they're able to overcome that and win with, I think they committed 18 turnovers or something along those lines. Um, and to be able to, to, to commit 18 turnovers and win at the team that I think is the best team in the NBA is really saying something. Yeah, yeah, I, and they found something, by the way, with, hey, and the TNT crew was on it from the jump. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think Reg, Reggie Miller is a particularly good analyst, but he was on it from the jump. They're attacking before Phoenix can get his defense set. Um, they're playing faster. They want to play faster. And Willie Green, prob- like, honestly, these broadcasters have meetings with the coaches. They, yeah, Reggie sure. Miller probably said that because he knew that. But um, they found something, and – it probably did lead to a few more turnovers because when you're playing faster, you're going to make more mistakes, but it also led to 30 or 40 easy points. Yeah. Reggie Miller was also all over him in the Clippers game. He loves this, this, this set of rookies and who wouldn't, I mean, to me, 
to me, Jose Alvarado has just stolen Devontae Graham's job. Um, I'm not sure. And, and look, I love Willie, but I think it's it's a soft spot in his heart that keeps putting Devontae Graham in the game. Um, and he'll put him in for a few minutes and realize I got to put Alvarado in there because he's so much better. And he, he, What he was the deal in the Clippers game? What was the deal with Tony Snell getting minutes? I, I, mean, what, I have no idea. What do we do? And the Pelicans are like minus eight in those four minutes too, which I, of course they were going to be. What do you do? I will with say Tony this Snell? though. I was wondering why he was putting Larry Nance in and then, oh wait, Larry Nance is on fire. I mean, you know, let, coming in. Larry Nance playing, is a good player. He, he really is. I mean, but I, I mean, I didn't think he was as good as, as Jonas, but he's been playing better than Jonas the past couple games. So I mean, that's the thing. I mean, and to your point, Jim, like, Yes, Brandon Ingram has been playing like a superstar. Don't know if he can maintain that level for seven games. Um, and again. Larry Nance certainly can't maintain this level for seven games because this is as good as he's played maybe ever. Um, but on the flip side, McCollum, like I agree with you, his stat line, his final stat line was fine. But in the second and third quarters, especially, he was kind of a mess. He wasn't shooting real well. Uh, he was making bad passes. He buttoned it up to his, I mean, he's a pro to his credit. Oh, yeah, he buttoned yeah. it up. For sure. Um, and then, and then Valanciunas has not played well at all. I agree. He He's been able shot. to rebound, I mean, but but he he can't shoot worth a darn. Not right now. So if if those guys get going, maybe you can deal with a little drop off from Ingram and and Nance and these other guys. I think the uh, Smoothie King Center is going to be a rocking on Friday night. So I'm looking forward to that. We have another show before then, so uh, we'll see if we can. Uh, so we'll see who we dig up for Friday, but. Really looking forward to that one. Um, uh, Uncle Big Nick was supposed to be on this morning. Uh, he had some family issues, uh, could not make it. Um, he's also getting over COVID. Um, so let's talk about the Zurich Classic a little bit. And I'll do my, I'll do the, you know, I, I kind of went through and I've done the work and Uncle Big Nick has like kind of led me in the right path to to be able to pick the golfers. But as far as the tournament itself, for people that don't know and haven't followed enough golf and maybe are just getting into betting and trying to figure out who to when they see how these lines that are looking, why are these guys paired up together? It's good. It is not your average golf tournament. Yeah, it's, um, it's difficult to handicap. I, I, I think I might set it out, sit it out unless you, unless you say something that really rings with me. But I, I was talking to Scott Ravelli briefly last night, who's our Baton Rouge columnist and also a big big golf fan was at the masters covers the masters every year. And he, he covers the Zurich classic for us along with Jeff Duncan and Sheldon Mickles. Um, and, and he was saying the same thing. Like you just, you just don't know how these guys will play together because one day it's best ball. The next day it's alternating shot. Then they right. go back to, I think I have it backwards. It's alternating shot, then best ball. Then they go back to alternating. No, shot, I think it's best ball. I think it's best ball. And then I'll is it? Okay. Shot. Yeah. Okay. So, so anyway, the, the point is, well, how, how do you, I mean, like you, normally you'd look at, okay, I want on, on this particular course, um, I'm looking for strong iron play, but in this pairing, I have one guy with strong iron play and another guy with not so good iron play. And I don't know who the hell is going to be hitting the iron shots. So right. how, like, I mean, how do you, how do you handicap that? And then to boot, you have Scotty Scheffler, who's the hottest golfer on the planet. And he's with Ryan Palmer, who's really been struggling this year. I mean, I, I don't know. Now, of course, Ryan Palmer has won this event before, so may, maybe that's that's where you go. But I, it, it's just 
it's very difficult to handicap. It's, it's unlike any other golf tournament. Well, the tougher thing to me is not just that. Um, they, uh, these numbers don't reflect what a normal tournament would reflect either. Um, now, there's a lot of big names playing in this tournament, which is great for TV. It's not great for betting because normally you're talking about a favor that's probably in the range of plus 800 to plus 1,000, and then real close behind you got a plus 1,100. I mean, like JT, let's put, Justin Thomas is usually in the plus 1,200 range. Um, even Scotty Scheffler on the on the crazy run he's been on, I think he was plus 1,200 or, or 1,400 to win the Masters. Um, and so those are the kind of numbers you usually see at the top. Not this week. This week you got – Plus eight fifty, plus eight fifty, plus a thousand, plus twelve hundred, plus twelve hundred. So they're they're adding in some juice uh, here. So it's going to be tougher to to pick, uh, and you you're probably not getting decent numbers. And the defending champions who are coming back and and probably um, they they they're going to have as good a chance to win again. Uh, Cameron Smith and Mark Leishman both are playing well right now. Uh, we know Cameron Smith uh, is just he choked away his chances at the Masters. He's been playing outstanding golf, really, except at crunch time. But they're plus 1,000. I mean, so it's really tough to pick. You can't know them. Like, I like to bet, like, maybe six, eight guys before a tournament starts. You can't really do that with these numbers. So you're really going to have to limit how many you pick. Pick two or three that you like and just kind of roll with it. Well, and that's the other. It's just a math problem, too. I mean, there's only... 70 teams in the tournament. So normally at a tournament, you've got more than a hundred golfers. The masters only has 90, but um, part of the reason those numbers are lower is because there's just, there's fewer teams who could, you know, who could steal that, that spot. who could surprise because there's only 70 teams, only 35 yeah. make the cut. So 80, that's 80, you know, teams. is it 80? Uh, yeah. Only 35 make the cut. I know that much. 33. You're close. You're getting there. And see, Scott Rabelais leading me wrong. He told me 35. It's the top 33 in ties. So it could be 35. Uh, it's, it's close, it's, it's close enough. I get why the Zurich does it. And I, because they were sort of lost. I, I said right. this on Bayou Bets on Monday, but they're sort of lost in between the Masters and the PGA, and they want people to play. And it's working. They're getting bigger names to play. But from a betting perspective, it doesn't lend itself to like it, you're you're just sort of flying blind. Yeah, I, I think it leads itself to good TV, but it may be a week to where if you're just a casual better on golf and you're just getting into it, maybe pick one or two teams and bet something small on it, which is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to bet my usual um, golf allotment this week uh, at all. Uh, it's too tough a week. Um, but going through and there, there are some teams that are like, I did a, a, a blog on it this morning, but the... The one that I really like at 25 to 1 is Bubba Watson and Harold Varner III. Um, we saw what Harold Varner was able to do last week. Uh, nearly made the playoff at the Heritage Open, was leading after round three. Um, and Bubba's been playing really good golf lately. Um, so Bubba has finished in the top 10 here twice in the past four tournaments. We know he likes uh, New Orleans. And Varner is, it, I think, to win this tournament, you have to have two guys that are, that are good putters. They don't have to be great putters, but they have to be better than average putters. And I think both these guys fit that mold. And at 25 to 1, if you're looking someone outside the box, I think that is the team to pick. And so I'll be, uh, that'll certainly be one of my top teams this weekend. I like it. I like Varner. Um, 
it's funny because I, I was on Cantley last week, and so I was kind of bummed that he lost. And now, you see, I, I complained about hedging earlier in this uh, yeah. in, in this segment, but I did hedge on Spieth in, yeah, you, on Sunday, and I was glad oh, I did. Oh, that's a good one because you could have had – I was going to say, you could – Spieth was either done or almost done, and it was still like plus yeah. 600. Well, I didn't get him that high. I, but once I started to see who it was Lowry and Varner who were dropping, like they just couldn't find that birdie. They, and you could tell they were spraying it off the tee. They weren't. And so I, I think he was down to like plus 180 or something, Spieth was at the time. And I thought, this is going to end up being a playoff between Cantlay and Spieth. Yeah. I have I have twenty to one on Cantlay. I need I need to get something on speed because in a playoff it's just a coin flip. So I did hedge something there. Well, one thing I do. But, but I, my, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just gonna say I do enjoy watching Harold Varner. I mean, the guy like most of these golfers are kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're they're kind of like mopey. If they're not hitting good shots, they're kind of like stuck up. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're like, oh, woe is me, and what's going on? I'm going to drop my club and act like the world's against yeah. me and put on my pouty face. Harold Varner doesn't do that. Harold Varner no, smiles. I, I, li- I like Figala for the same reason when he was yeah. comp- contending in Phoenix. It's just like he's just like, man, look, I'm being paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to play around a freaking right. golf. This is great. Right. You know? So I, I wish more guys would act like that. And uh, unfortunately, and Varner has been on the tour for a while, but I think the, part of the problem is too after they've been. Uh, given the role treatment, I think that changes some of their outlooks as well. I hope it doesn't because I agree with you. Harold, both Harold Varner and Sahith uh, Tagala are, are, are both fun. And Tagala to me is a budding star. I think he's going to be a, a really good player coming up. Um, but what I like to do is uh, my strategy is I talk about the six or eight golfers that I like to bet before the tournament and I get decent odds on. Well, I have a golf allotment. This is what I'm betting on golf this week. And I like to save of it, some of it for live. So I might bet one – I'm not going to bet anybody on Thursday because I don't want to do any overreaction. But Friday, I might bet someone Friday night after it's over and look and see who I like. If I can get good odds on someone that's maybe on the rise, getting good numbers, better numbers that he should get. And then I like to bet uh, at least one or two on Sunday, either going into Sunday or early on Sunday that – kind of watching the leaderboard. This one was tough, and I picked the wrong one. I picked, I picked Varner this Sunday, so that's why I'm talking about this. I really thought Varner at a, was getting a good number at the time. Uh, it was, I think, right before he teed off or right after he teed off. He had kind of dropped a little bit. He had, At one point, he was, I think, either even money or like plus 150 he had gone down to, and he had gone back up to like plus 500, so... I picked the wrong one. I, I should have picked Spieth because I could have had Spieth midway through. I, and he was one of three guys that I was thinking about. Spieth, I think at one point after he had finished a nine, after he had finished the front, front nine, I think was like still plus 900 or something like that. You could have had him on Sunday after he had played the front nine. But his putting, he, I've never seen a guy miss more two-foot putts in my life. Yeah, yeah. It was – it was um, – Brutal. There's what was it that they said about Cantley? Um, he hit he birdied 17 to tie speech. Yeah. An eight, eight foot ten inch putt, and that was the longest he hit all weekend. Yeah. <laughs> this goes that's why I don't like him this week. Um this is not a course for uh, it's just not a course for for guys who can't make putts. I mean, they talk about the the flat greens of TPC Louisiana and I mean, that's what you got in the swamp. 
Um, so I just don't, I don't like Cantley at all this week. And not only that, Xander Shoffley is the, like the guy, I think he's a great golfer, but he, he doesn't do well in crunch time either. All right. He's been been really struggling. I agree. All right. Before we let you go, um, what do you like NBA wise? We're going to wrap it up with your NBA first round picks. Are there any upsets? We're going to leave the Pelicans out of it because I think, I think we both talked about how I think there's a realistic chance that you, you missed the boat. If you didn't bet them on the series already, you can't bet them on them now. It's too late. Um, is there any upset picks you like in this first round to move on? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple that I like, at least at the price. Um, and, and one of them is, is honestly, it's still Dallas. They're plus 200 now. Um, I, I got them at 550 on Monday. I still like them at plus 200. I, I think, it, I mean, look. In all, I don't think they can win the series without Luca, but clearly they can contend without him. I mean, they, they went one and one, two close games. Now they're going to Utah, which is a tough place to play. But if they get Luca back in any capacity, I, I think Dallas wins that series in seven games. Um, then maybe the, maybe the it's other a better one, number to bet it in, bet Mavs in seven. I don't know what the odds are. It's got to be four hundred or so. Yeah, maybe so, maybe so. Um, the the other two that I that I kind of like, I think you'll probably disagree with. Um, and, and one is, I know you disagree with the Celtics to beat the Nets. Um, and I don't, I don't strongly know that disagree I would, though. I don't strongly disagree, but I disagree. I don't know that I would lay the juice at this point. Cause it's like minus two forty. May, maybe wait till the Nets win a game and see what the price is. Cause the Celtics aren't going to sweep them. They, they'll lose a game. Um, but I, I do think the Celtics, the Celtics with, with time Lord, with Robert Williams might be the best team in the NBA. Um, now, without him, they're going to have to survive against a very tough opponent and then hopefully get him back to play uh, Milwaukee. But, like, I, I, I do think they're a better team than the Nets, um, and I think, I think they'll show they have home court. So I could see them winning that, that series in six or seven. And then the other one, at least at the price, is Minnesota. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know how you, how you feel about that. They're plus 220 on the series, series line. I, I think, I mean, they have home court in that series now. Yes, they got blown out in game two, but Memphis does that to teams. When Memphis gets rolling, they're going to win by 30. Um, but Minnesota has, has shown that they're – I don't think they're going to roll over in that series, and so I kind of like them at plus 220. Everything else has, has basically been decided. Um, you know, when the Lions first came out, I kind of liked Toronto, but then I, I backed away from it, and I was glad I did. Um, Golden State, I, I did like Golden State – to cover in the first two games and they did that, but now there's no value. And that's even golden state to sweep, I think is like only plus plus one twenty or something. You're not getting any, you're not getting any value there. Um, no, I, I agree with so, that. For sure. Yeah. That, that's what I got. Well, I mean, I was looking, it's funny because they have uh, at, at least at Caesars, they have taken off the board. Uh, you can't bet right now, the Mavs and uh, how many games and the Pelicans either. You can bet them to win the series or whatever the numbers you talked about, but all the other series you can bet them in five games, six games, whatever the exact series score. But for some reason, um, they don't have it. And uh, with the two the two series we're talking about, so that that's got to be an injury thing. They're waiting for more information. Yeah, so I guess if you don't know what, what's happening with Luca, but still, I would think that wouldn't. I guess you could still take off the board. The Jazz to win in five, or the Jazz to win in six. But why do you take all of them off the board? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. They they make money on it, so they know what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> they sure. They that's sure the short do. answer. 
All right. Well, Zach, thanks for joining us here on a Wednesday. Uh, I am certainly looking forward to um, see how the Pelicans go. We're going to be talking more NFL draft going forward. And uh, you gave me some really good news this morning. Yeah, we're taking. We're, it's not quite the hangover road trip, but we're going to Vegas next week. Man, uh, well, thank you, uh, thank you to my employers. Uh, we we love the confidence in us that we're going to pull off some some great shows out in Vegas. We're going to get some. You have to get to work and pay pay that tab off to make it worthy. Yeah, well, we will be uh, broadcast broadcasting. We'll be doing our shows live from. Um, That'll really be from Caesar's book. Palace in Las Vegas. Yeah, we, we will be at Caesar's Palace. Um, I don't know if we'll be at the sports book, but and and honestly, like that's the we haven't even talked about that Thursday night next next Thursday night week from tomorrow could be looks like it will be Game Six of Pelican Suns. They, they, both teams just need to win one more game to make that happen, and the first night of the NFL draft. Like you talk about what what are the only things that could make New Orleans fans not care so much about the Saints having two first round picks? Well, the Pelicans in game six of a playoff series, it, you're going to distract some people with that. People are going to have to have two TVs or their phones. Better make sure your phones are charged or something. Because next Thursday could be really crazy. Yeah. Yep. And we will we'll be right be here. In New, it. it would be here in, in New Orleans. So there'd be a lot we of people. Say, what the, we need to do is get Spencer to drive down to New Orleans for the game while go. we're in Vegas. We have that's a great we idea. Uh, but we have it all covered. All right, Zach. Thanks a lot. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. In fact, right. we'll talk to thanks, you. Thanks, Jim. Tomorrow afternoon on At The Book. Heck yeah. We're going to have a special At The Book. And uh, next week will be super special At The Book from Las Vegas. So we'll have all kinds of stuff to talk about next week. NBA draft. I'm not NBA draft. NBA playoffs. Hopefully the Pelicans are still in it. I think they will be. Um, And then obviously we'll be focusing on the NFL draft and what the Saints will be doing with their two picks. Uh, Zach and I will be in Las Vegas, Nevada. I haven't been to Vegas in many years. Um, I don't think the last time I went. It's been a while. I think the last time I went was the year my wife and I first started dating, and I was covering the Arena Bowl out there, which was 2006, I believe. I think that is the last time I've been to Vegas, so it's been a while. So it ought to be... Fun, interesting. Um, doing those kinds of things are always fun, especially if we're just doing shows and stuff like that from out there. So look for that. And, of course, Datitude. I'll be doing Datitude from out there next Friday. Uh, we may do a special Datitude. We'll have to wait and see how that works out. But uh, it's going to be fun. Speaking of fun, man, I, can't, I just can't say enough about the New Orleans Pelicans. They, they are fun. And uh, I hope you're enjoying the ride so have a fun weekend uh friday night and sunday night the next two games both at the smoothie Canada smoothie king center get yourself some tickets we went to the playing game they're not cheap but they're not outrageously expensive either so if you're kind of on a budget like i am pick one and go to one um i think uh either one should be it's fairly reasonable, even for a playoff game. But it was fun to see that place packed. And it's such a, I think the NBA is different. If you're used to going to Saints games and you don't go to a lot of basketball games, even the cheap seats are good seats. You can see just fine everything that's going on from the top of the Smoothie King Center. It's like sitting at the bottom of the loge, basically, in the dome. 
it, it's it's fine. So if all you can afford is the cheap seats, get you the cheap seats. Uh, now, be prepared that the beer and the drinks and the concessions are kind of up there if you haven't been to a game in a while. But make sure you budget that in. It, it is absolutely worth going. I will tell you right now, absolutely worth going. If you can find a way to do it, do it. We are going to be back on Friday. I'm not sure who my guests will be yet, um, but we're obviously going to be talking about the Pelicans. We will mix in a little bit. Zurich Classic, where we are going into Friday morning. And obviously, we're also going to talk about the NFL draft. We didn't get to it today. I mean, that, that's how big these Pelicans are. We didn't even talk about the Saints and the NFL draft at all. Draft is next week. We will be doing that on Friday, and we'll, of course, we will be doing that a ton next week. Zach and I will be live in Vegas um, at some point. Looking forward to that. So we've got a jam-packed 10 days for you here at bet.nola.com. Make sure you stick around. We will see you on Friday. Enjoy the week. And, hey, enjoy those Pelicans while we still can. We don't know how long we're going to have. And you know what? It doesn't matter. We're having fun with it. Peace and love, my friends. We'll see you Friday. Because I'm happy. Come along and give you a